You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Matters Live, a program focused on promoting a spirit of mission among the people of God in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Megan Mio. I'm coordinator of the mission office, and our engineers this morning are Mike and Brian. You are listening to WNDZ 750 AM. This month, we are broadcasting on the third Thursday of the month from 8 to 9 AM. We have the whole hour this month. We are blessed to have with us, by phone, Sister Joanne Birrell, the area leader for the Americas of the Medical Missionaries of Mary. She also serves as the Director of Development for her congregation and has an office right here in the Archdiocese in the West Lawn neighborhood of Chicago. The Medical Missionaries of Mary are an international congregation of women religious that seeks to share Christ's healing love by bringing health services to people of different cultures where the human needs are great. Medical missionaries are serving in 12 countries around the world, and sisters come from 19 countries and are trained in a variety of health-related professions. So, good morning and welcome, Sister Birrell. Good morning, Megan. How are you this morning? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, we're glad that the spring weather has finally arrived, although I we've know. had a few hiccups. Yeah, I know, I know, but it is Chicago, so. It's Chicago. Just wait five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> It'll change again. So great. So glad to have you with us. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Excellent. Uh, I've asked Sister Birrell to join us this month in the hope that as we learn more about the work of the Medical Missionaries of Mary, we can gain some perspective on our situation here as we continue to deal with this pandemic one year on and as we're getting close to the time when a majority of U.S. Americans will have the vaccine. And, you know, the, the thing about this pandemic is it has forced us to, to really think about our, ourselves, our own communities here locally, but we also really need to think about the global impact, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So this is another way for us to think about this pandemic a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe Sister Birrell and her medical missionary sisters can help us reflect on what holistic health really means in this context of mission. So let's get started. Sister Birrell, um, let's get to know you a little bit. Can you tell us about your journey as a medical missionary of Mary yourself? Mm, Megan, thank you for asking. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I think I'm one of the luckiest missionaries alive. I I, um, I feel I've had a really wonderful experience. I'm from Buffalo, New York. That's where I'm from. Okay. 
and I uh, joined the MMMs a long time ago. I'm not so young anymore, but I, in the in the mid 60s, so it's a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I joined them sight unseen. They had never met me, and I had never met them. Oh, wow! So it was a pure act of faith to drive from Buffalo to Boston, and here we are, a good few years later. We're mm-hmm. still together. Yeah. So I, I joined then, and I, I joined coming out of Buffalo and the race issue. That was why I joined. I wanted oh, okay. to understand mm-hmm. um, being white and being black. Mm-hmm. And I was drawn to the Medical Missionaries of Mary. So I joined and went to Boston, and that's where I did my formation. Can I ask, how did you first hear about um, this congregation? I pretended that I was doing a report for school on different missionary activities in the church, and I wrote to a whole lot of different congregations. And I got all kinds of responses back. Mm -hmm. I chose the Medical Missionaries of Mary because I got this simple letter from a woman who to this day is my mentor, who simply said to me, I will help you walk to find what God wants for you. That's powerful. I know it. And she was a French speaker. She's from Vermont, French speaker, so she had mistakes in her English. It was wonderful. <clears throat> that's what that's honest. what happened. Mm-hmm. And the funniest thing was, now I'll leave this go because it's just such a funny story. Please. I lived next door to another girl. We were going to separate high schools. She was also deciding to join a congregation. We did not speak about it till a couple months before we entered, but she also joined, chose to join the MMM. She was one of my best friends, and I didn't know it. So the two of us went together. <laughs> and not knowing that the other was also not searching. Not knowing that the other was going. Can you believe it? Anyway, and she stayed. she's a married woman now with grandchildren, but she stayed with us for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. So we shared a lot together through that time. Isn't it the story? I mean, everyone has their story. Everyone has it. Everybody's searching, too. Yeah. You know, and you, want, oh, yeah. you don't want to be alone in that search. No, and, and that's where don't. congregations and communities come in, and, mm-hmm. and families, of course, as well. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for those who are discerning religious life. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, the family is very important in it. Yeah. Yeah. So you said sight unseen. You just had that brief communication um, from your future mentor. Um, and then you, you joined. And so were you missioned to, to serve somewhere? I, no, I, I was a young woman. I had only graduated from high school at that time, so I did formation first. I uh, event did fundraising for a couple years because that is so important for us. As Even as, as soon as we enter, we start doing yes. mission appeals. Okay. So <clears throat> then I, I did nursing at Northeastern University in Boston. Of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I went to London to get reciprocity as a nurse so I could get registered as a nurse in any part of Africa. Oh. And then I did midwifery oh. in Ireland. And after that, after about 10 years of studies and formation, I was ready for assignment. Yes. Well, I was going to say, you know, and maybe we'll talk more about this as we go on, but that becoming a medical missionary means you need kind of two different forms of, of education formation, both the medical skills and the, the faith formation and spiritual. You do. Yeah, you really do. Some people enter with their, their prof- depending on age, they, they might be already professionally trained. Oh. <clears throat> well, you know, everyone is different. Yeah. Everyone is different, but that's what happened to me anyway. So, okay. that, yeah. So yeah. then you you were trained as a nurse, and you were able to serve. Uh, I was care. a nurse and a midwife, and my first assignment was to Kenya, okay. for two years, really awaiting my um, awaiting my visa for Ethiopia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I went to Ethiopia as a student nurse for six months. Northeastern is co-op education. I went for six months as a student nurse, um, and I fell in love with Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. 
And when the time came for assignment, I asked, and, and I, I, was, it was, I was given permission to go to Ethiopia, but it took two years to get a visa. Mm. So I went to, to Kenya first for two years and honed my skills as a midwife, and then went to Ethiopia. Wow. Yeah, Ethiopia is a wonderful country. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you were really committed. You know, you, I'm sure that you enjoyed your time in, in Kenya as well. But I you were did. Like, you always I had did. eyes on Ethiopia. Yeah. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. Well, it's different. You know, it's, it's, um, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's one of the only African countries that was not colonized. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it has a deep, rich, less uh, culture, and it has a Christian history from the 3rd century. It's a fascinating country. Um, and I loved it. That's what can I say? Loved it. And I was one of the privileged missionaries to be there for both the Civil War, the Communist Revolution, the Civil War, and the famines. And uh, was able to be with the people for 15 years through a lot of different things. So, I mean, that that is precious, really. <clears throat> so how many years were you there? In 15. 15. Mm. Wow. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> then you, you, you definitely... Um, I, it, from what I'm hearing, and I, I'm no expert, but having spoken to a number of different missionaries over the years, you, you definitely have all the markings of a true missionary. You, you love your your adopted country. You're, you've you've been through some tough times, but it's being with the people and really being present, and um, and walking with, which is what you yeah. were promised at the very yeah. beginning. Yeah, and Ethiopia is the kind of country that when you go there, the expectation is that you will love it that you will eat the food and relish it, that you will learn the language, and that you will adapt to the country. That's the expectation. That's all I knew. So, you know, that's that's kind of wonderful, isn't it, really? (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean... That that's true openness. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it was it was a, that was it. If, and and then followed years in um, leadership, and then um, and then I was asked to go to Honduras to start a mission for us there. Okay. <clears throat> <Did> I change. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Um. Okay. So how many years were you in Honduras? About six. Six years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I go back every year now, but I but at, in terms of living there, mm-hmm. I lived there for about six years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then now, now your role today. And how did yeah, that my come role. About? My role today is um, um, I'm I'm still in leadership. I've been in and out of leadership a lot in the congregation, which is a blessing because I got to see every country really. Um, so I'm still in leadership, which means I have a certain responsibility to facilitate our life in Honduras, Brazil, and the United States. Okay, we're not a big group, but we, you know, that's where we are, and that's where we're working. So it's that's that part of it. And then at the same and the same time, also I'm our development director. So I'm working with the team here in Chicago. There's four of us, um, another sister and two lay women, and we we're raising the money to do our work. Mission so appeals. the two things together. You're familiar with that, you know. <laughs> I was just going to say, mission appeals are a big piece of that. You mentioned oh, it already. Are. We have wonderful donors. We really do. So, yeah. you know, they really are wonderful. And I'm sure you have dedicated donors as well because of all the amazing stories of, of really life-changing work that yeah, the sisters do. Yeah, we'll get into there's that. There's people from, from all over the United States, certainly from here in Chicago, from Boston, where we started, who have been with us, some of them, for 60 years. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, they're really marvelous, really. Anyway, our job is to keep them informed, isn't it? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. because I think, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, um, things like this pandemic and, and political things and, and other kinds of big big news items, you know, it, it sometimes I think we as, as U.S. Americans, we, we don't see beyond our borders um, often about, and especially what's going on with 
on the ground, you know, in communities and families. And so our religious communities that are working around the world can help us see um, our sisters and brothers in faith, you know, and yeah. not just those. Yeah, those well, we're, we're, we're meant, I mean, just we're meant to share our experiences, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> see each other as, as human yeah. beings, as, as families, as communities. Um, but we don't hear about it very much. I, I, actually, I think that's why our mission appeals are as successful as they are, um, because people are, are hungry for those stories, hungry yeah. for the, the passion of our missionaries <clears throat> to speak about, like you said, the, the true love that they have for their adopted countries. I can never, I, in all the years I've, I've done mission appeals, almost every year I've been in the United States, of course, um, I've never been at a mission appeal that I didn't get something from it as well. I just that I didn't meet some wonderful people, really, yeah, right. really. That I, re- I remember doing the doing ones in the the Cincinnati diocese when I came home from the famine in Ethiopia, mm. and I was a basket case. I was a young woman. I didn't know how to handle a famine, and I went from parish to parish in that diocese. And those people ministered to me. I'll tell you, oh. they were so one. They understood. I cried at every homily. <laughs> I just, you know, I had come home from mass graves and hunger, and, and yeah. it wasn't like I was a relief worker right. who went out to help people, which is hard enough, yeah. but I was living with people mm-hmm. that I knew them, right. and uh, all of us, I mean, it's not me, I was with a group, you know, but coming back here, I felt those people ministered to me. I, even when I go now to Cincinnati, I always say I have such memories of either this diocese, mm-hmm. isn't it funny, you know, uh, that I'm remembering beautiful. that today, really, yeah. yeah. So we minister, and we're ministered too, isn't it? Right, at all times, right, yeah. even even when it's unexpected. Yeah. Um, well, it's time for a break now. Oh, my God. <laughs> First 15 minutes are up, but we'll be right back to continue okay. our discussion with Sister Joanne Burel and the Medical Missionaries of Mary. Stay tuned. adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. 
Here's host Todd Williamson. The effort to get vaccinated, why the church is helping to spread the word. We'll go inside the classroom as a national study shows how Chicago's Catholic schools are keeping students on track during the pandemic. And too many people are going hungry. We'll visit a food pantry where Catholics are working to meet that need. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. Live. I am Megan Mio, coordinator for the mission office, and I have with me Sister Joanne Burrell, area leader for the Americas of the Medical Missionaries of Mary. So now that we've gotten to know you a little bit, Sister Burrell, um, I'd like to, to learn a little bit more, get a little bit more depth into um, the Medical Missionaries of Mary as a congregation. Mm-hmm. So um, can you tell mm-hmm. us uh, about the charism and maybe a little bit of the history Okay, sure, I can do that, Megan, yeah. Um, In terms of congregations, we're relatively young because we were founded in 1937, okay, by an Irish laywoman who was working as a lay missionary in Nigeria, Marie Martin. We were were founded out of God's call to her, how how she experienced it, of the need for health care for women and children. That That was her call. Um, and she waited till 1937. That was the year that the Holy Father, at that time, gave permission for women religious to study all phases of medicine. It wasn't really considered appropriate for sisters to be doctors and midwives and all that. But that was changed, and that was the year we were founded. Because from the beginning, she wanted us to be to combine being a sister um, with being a professional medical person. So that's how we were founded in Nigeria in 1937. We're not a large congregation. Um, we're only about we're about 300, a little more than 300 now, and we were never really large because of the specific. Yes, it's so specific to healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very we, narrow. Uh, um, it's, not, yeah, not everyone is called calling, to yeah. be both a missionary and yeah. and 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 do healthcare per se. That right. that's our reality. Mm-hmm. And we're in seven countries in, in Africa and um, in Latin America both East and West Africa, and have developed over the years. They have about 25 health projects now that range from hospitals to uh, health care centers 
to health-related, but it's all around healing, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. and the, the kind of women who, who come to MMM or any of us who come, we're independent, Mm-mm. for good or for bad. <laughs> and MMMs yeah. are workers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's because we're half of us are nurses mm-hmm. and midwives, and you're you're practical, mm-hmm. you know that kind yeah. of you know we're less academic and and less um, reflective and have to work hard on that piece. It's there; it really is there. Sure. But our nature is to get in there and work. Right. That's right. A, that's just the kind of Start. people that most of us are. We recognize that, you know. Right. This is a personality type. That's interesting. I mean, I, I would say, in a way, that's that's something that I tr- would would say is true of all missionaries to a certain extent. To make something out of nothing, in many cases, yeah. you know, you're kind of dropped in a place where you know, we got all these issues. You know, see what you can do. What can you do? Um, yeah, you exactly. know, build a school. Just start a school under a tree. You know, mm-hmm. make a hospital out of a, a building, and you know, a few you know, medical devices. So, I mean, I, I can definitely see that in general, but then I think on top of it all, um, being professional, um, uh, medical care workers, you know, um, yeah, uh, I I can see that drive, you know, let's just get started. Let's, you know, jump in and, and, um, get your hands dirty, so to speak. Um, well, the need is so evident. Yeah. Yeah. The need is there. You see, that's the thing. Healthcare is just such an obvious need, isn't it? Everywhere. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, you, and you mentioned. I just want to make sure this is clear too. Um, you yourself, when you first discerned, you were very young, so you wound up um, going through some medical training at school. Um, but some of the women, I, I believe, who've joined, and they're they're from all over the world yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, those who um, have the vocation um, have already been, you know, have medical training, and that then they're kind of adding this to their. Um, That's right. The community. Mm-hmm. Their the the. Um, Spirituality That's right. some, to some their work. Some already trained, and then they do their, their they make yeah. the connection to integrate it with formation as a sister. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah I would imagine as a missionary. Yeah. That, that having that support system is key, um, just based on everything else. You know that, that, that there's such great need that sometimes it really is very very difficult. Um, to accomplish your what's needed, the goals in a certain community. But let's talk a little bit more about the sort of spirituality, the the uh, mission behind it, um, because I saw this mission statement on the MMM website, um, and just some few things stood out to me. So I'll just quote it here and then ask a question. We are women on fire with the healing love of God, mm-hmm. engaging our our own pain and vulnerability. We go to peoples of different cultures where human need is greatest. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all of that is amazing. But I think that the phrase in particular that stood out to me was that you engage your own pain and vulnerability. Can you tell us a little more about what that means? Yeah, I'm even, I mean, the mission statement means a lot to all of us. And first of all, let me just say this to you. It's, it, it is aspirational. Yeah, we're not there. <laughs> right. But it is sure. something that we're trying. We Sorry. consider ourselves you know, that we're wounded healers ourselves, mm-hmm. that we're not perfect, mm-hmm. and that we don't go to solve anyone's problems and that we will make mistakes and that we are vulnerable ourselves and that where we meet people, <clears throat> I don't just meet a person as I'm your nurse, the nurse and the patient, whatever, but we meet around a certain, our own vulnerability as people. I mean, I can explain mm-hmm. that in, in one simple way is just to talk about something like language learning. Mm-hmm. You're learning a language in a new country, and you feel so vulnerable. 
And if you allow yourself to understand what that vulnerable feeling is like, then when you relate to people who have to go into a government office in that country and they feel so simple and they can't do it, you can, you can meet them because you know what it is like for them to feel vulnerable because you know what it is like to feel it yourself. So it, it's, it's, it's something about our decision to say it's all right for people to know that we have our own pain and we're vulnerable. We don't need to be on top of it all the time or perfect or whatever. It's yeah. just, it's honest. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not, again, we're not perfect. <laughs> we're right. not. Right, right, right. Don't always remember this part no, of the mission it, statement. No, yeah. but the, it, uh, this, this is important to us. Yeah. And the fact that we even refer to ourselves, we're wounded healers ourselves. Yeah. We might be healers, but we're wounded ourselves and we need it as much as we, yeah. as much as we can heal, we need to be healed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it speaks to empathy. It speaks to humanity. Um, everybody involved in the process is, is has pain and, and their own vulnerability for sure. And okay. yeah, I would say for when it comes to mission, you said language. I'd say just culture too. I think sometimes all of that can leave you being very valuable. It, it uh, leaves vulnerable. you feeling so vulnerable and so Lost. unable to cope and all of that. Yeah. And then you begin to understand what the poor feel like so much of the time. Yeah, all, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a, a little bit of a solidarity of yeah. Uh, I'm with you in that. So then um, the mission statement continues, I'll quote again and then ask a few more questions. Um, It says, Our own belief in the interrelatedness of God's creation urges us to embrace holistic healing and to work for reconciliation, justice, and peace. Mm -hmm. So now, first and foremost, I thought this this phrase in particular really stood out and something I think that would be very valuable for us to be reflecting on right now during this pandemic holistic healing. So what does holistic healing mean uh, for medical missionaries? Well, for, for us, what it means is that the person in front of you is a whole person, body, mind, spirit. Mm-hmm. You might be looking at the body because that's your immediate job, but they're a whole person. I, I, can I give you one example? Sure. Okay, I'm just going to give one example because I know the woman and it's, it's, it's on my mind right now. Yeah. In our mission in South Sudan is a young Ruanese woman. Uh, she's from Rwanda. Odette, she's a lovely young sister, and she told me a story. She wrote, I put it in our newsletter recently, actually, because I, it was wonderful. She um, she grew up through the genocide in Rwanda. Her family went through hell, and she had to learn a lot there. And one of the things that she learned was forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Now she's working in South Sudan in our healing center. And she's working with people, and she was helping one particular person who had mobility issues. She couldn't walk, and part of the reason she couldn't walk was because she had raced through the bush during the war in South Sudan. She'd lost her husband and her children. The woman was alone. She was a widow. But what I'm saying to you is is Odette, out of her own experience Mm -hmm. of forgiveness, worked with this woman to help release within her the ability to forgive the people who killed her family. So on top of taking care of her hip, it was, this is what needed to happen. So I, yeah. I, I mean, to me, that, that's a simple story, really. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just one that, um, that, for me, helps me relate to the person in front of you yeah. has healing that has to happen, which may not even be physical. That may not be the least of what they need. Right. It, I could give you a million stories about that. The care of caregivers. All the home care that we're doing, the example in Honduras, we do a lot of home care. Um, And when when we were doing it, we realized that the people who really needed caring as well 
was the people doing the caring in the families, the mothers, the mm-hmm. sisters. And so we began a program of bringing them together mm-hmm. so that they could sit and talk about what it's like. We get so many young people back to Honduras who've been deported from the States, and yeah. uh, they're in not great shape. Some of them have had factory accidents or whatever. Mm. There's a lot of serious illness and problems in those who are confined to their homes, right. and their caregivers are exhausted. Right. So now the caregivers come together to give support to one another. So it was in doing home care that the physical needs are important. Yeah. They are. Right. But the needs of these caregivers to be honored, mm-hmm. cherished, mm-hmm. respected, mm-hmm. that had to be. So that's like the holistic piece of it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, like you said, um, I would imagine that oftentimes the physical ailments are connected to some kind of emotional or spiritual harm. Like you said, they've been through a war or a person has um, dealing with the struggle of poverty or or, um, a mistreatment by uh, systems, uh, institutions, uh, you know, immigration or whatever the case um, that that are bigger than just that that physical ailment right there. But it it's deeper and it's it's part of that yeah the whole person like you said yeah um, yeah and then it's a conscious decision for any group who's working on a project to say how do we meet this need yeah. you know we started a clinic okay that's good but it's just not enough well i'm sure that you see you start with the physical and then things start to, to that's right grow as you see okay there's a deeper need here or there's, there's a deeper a, need here it could be um, pollution it could you know as yeah. we have a lot of asthma in our place yeah. in Hond- on, on Honduras, San Pedro Sula. So we had to deal with the pollution issue. How do we do that? How do we clean up the neighborhood? You know, so yeah. it, it just holistic healing means you just don't stop with the physical, but you look deeper. Sure. Yeah. You look deeper. Yep, yep, yep. Well, you know what? It's time for another break. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you believe it? Um, but we'll be right back in just okay. a moment to our, continue our discussion okay. of holistic healing and okay, mission. Thanks. Stay tuned. Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests who are often experiencing homelessness are offered disposable digital cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Their photos are amazing. Visit AfterSupperVisions.com to learn more about the artists and their artwork. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, too. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. 
Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Catholic Charities Schreiber Center for Human Services is now open in Round Lake. Due to the pandemic, we are limited in the number of in-person programs that we currently can provide. However, a food pantry is open twice a week and a Wednesday night supper is held with to-go meals every week. A wide range of senior services are now offered as well. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call us at 847-546-5733. That's 847-546-5733. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, coordinator for the Mission Office, and I have with me Sister Joanne Birrell of the Medical Missionaries of Mary. And we've been getting to know the work of the medical missionaries and delving, delving into their mission statement uh, that goes behind the work that Sister Birrell and her sisters engage in. And just before the break, um, we were talking about holistic healing uh, and how that might be in addition to the physical ailments um, that the sisters might might be confronted with, uh, the needs, the physical health needs, um, seeing uh, the other kinds of healing um, that human beings need, especially in cases where um, they're they're in areas of the world where there may maybe many challenges um, to human flourishing, a war torn area, an area dealing with. Um, other kinds of injustices. You mentioned pollution uh, as well, Sister uh, Bureau. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, but I also want to just make sure we make that connection with, um, at the end of that mission statement, create the mention of interconnectedness with creation, reconciliation, justice, and peace. Um, we didn't, we ran out of time there in the last segment, but I just want to make that connection too. If you could speak about the interconnectedness. Um, mm -hmm. um, Go ahead. Okay. Um, Again, examples are probably the most helpful for that. The the um, are connected to creation. So, in other words, that sense of of our involvement with creation. And I can bring that back to is when you're working in a place. I can take us to a place in Nigeria now that we're only in for five years, where there's huge issues with water. Mm. So the slow sitting down with people in the local villages and talking about water and what can we do, clean water, how do we do that, and eventually leading to solar power and water tanks and all of that. But the process was a slow, the importance of water, of clean water, that, 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 kind, of, that kind of thing. And the, the thing would be, in Hon and, uh, another example would be in Honduras, is that 
<clears throat> beautiful country, but it's so polluted. Mm-hmm. And um, the efforts to to honor the beauty of a neighborhood by cleaning it up, mm-hmm. by planting flowers, by simple little things mm-hmm. that honor the beauty mm-hmm. of of creation. I, I mm-hmm. you know, you could go on about this, but all it, I, I suppose what it is is. And we're only learning to do this ourselves because you could get caught in the moment of just taking care of the hospital or the clinic, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're realizing, no, if we have a clinic, let us put trees and flowers around it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that people see something. Yeah. But, you know, that, 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 that's kind of thing. The justice and peace, <clears throat> we often are in war places. Mm-hmm. So that, that understanding of how... of, of um, Justice and peace is a like the human trafficking is a big issue that we're working on now, yes. specifically in East Africa and here in the states, and and an advocacy kind of way. Mm-hmm. That is a, a a justice issue that's really important for us because of the women and children. That's our first commitment. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah I, I, oh, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of issues. Yeah. I'm sure um, there is. Yeah, depending on where you're at, that that are the, the most pressing, the, the biggest um, challenges. Um, and I can see absolutely um, reconciliation, justice, and peace being being connected to that. I mean, I, just the other day I was reading a piece about, um, this was, I think, Sisters of uh, Notre Dame de, de Namur, but uh-huh. in the Amazon, certainly care for creation is huge for community. In, in, in the, Amazon the Amazon would be, yes. Uh-huh. And it, it is about human uh, health as well because there are the people who are living there, the people who... Um, would be affected, and and really, uh, anyway, we could go on about that. <laughs> yeah. like the whole world is affected by that one. Oh yeah, um, all of our health. And when um, you live in poverty and in shanty towns and all of that, it's 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 tough. Anyway, you do your best on a given day. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the key there, I think, is that they're interconnected. So you could say, well, it's nice that you're planting a tree, whatever, you know. But it does make a big difference. You said certainly for the the sake of the spirit of the people to feel like this is their home and it's, it's beautiful healing. and they care for it. But then, it's, yeah. It is it it helps you build the community yeah. some strength and yeah yeah um, these are yeah hey it's the sisters have learned this <laughs> you know it's not just a, a a beautiful idea and you know you've been telling us some stories here and there to help illustrate some of the points but I I'd like to ask about um, some more of these stories if you could just kind of give us a, a snapshot of what kinds of challenges and successes. Uh, your sisters are seeing um, around the world these days. Please share. I, I can I can I, I picked out a couple things just to to say. Well, one of them here in the United States is uh, the we don't we haven't um, we haven't done a lot of mission in the United States directly mm-hmm. because we've been so much doing so much mission awareness and fundraising here. But we did have a commitment, and still do for forty years in Appalachia. And we celebrated the 40 years there with the building of a new clinic in in, uh, in Clintwood in Virginia. Um, and our sister Bernie Kenny has been there for 40 years. And finally, the clinic has been honored in her name, Sister Bernie Kenny Clinic. And she has been part of the health wagon, um, which is it's been it's been on 60 Minutes. It's that kind of a health program that mm-hmm. she started 40 years ago and has developed into something beautiful way of giving health care. Mm-hmm. among the people of Appalachia. So that's something we celebrate. Mm-hmm. We really celebrate. That is, uh, that has gone so well and been passed over really well. That's, mm-hmm. and, and the, another, another um, 
ministry that MMM is really committed to is that of the care of women during pregnancy and childbirth who have fistulas. Now, you know, you don't want to get a whole lot of medical stuff on a program like this, but there are many, many women around the world who suffer because they didn't get treated during their pregnancy and have huge problems after they've given birth. And I mean, they suffer. They suffer. And there is a surgery for VVS, and I'm happy to say that we have we had a center in Uganda for years, a hospital, and that's been passed over to an indigenous group of Ugandan sisters. Uh-huh. But we have a center in the Family Life Center any time in Nigeria. And even during the pandemic, they have been able uh-huh. to continue doing the surgeries for these women. And uh, that is something, as women, yeah. as MMMs, as healers, we're really committed to because right. these women suffer. Right. They yeah. really suffer. So that, that's been going on. It's been difficult because of the... Because of the um, the pandemic, or everything is difficult because of the pandemic. And then another one, another ministry that has been adapted and changed in the most recent years is is our involvement in palliative care. Ooh. Yeah, in in Tanzania, in a place called Singida, and in, in Malawi, mm-hmm. and not those are two particular programs where we have worked with the government and with the people to understand. Mm-hmm. the value of palliative care in hospice, where at a certain point we recognize that healing no longer means getting better physically, mm-hmm. but preparing to, to die and, mm-hmm. and have worked with the government to make sure that the pain medication is there. That's an easy thing to say here in the States, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's not an easy thing to say in some countries. And I'm so oh. proud of our sisters who work so hard to make sure that palliative care is available. It's not that we have a place to do it. It's all home care. It's all home care. So those are things, you know, I mean, really, they're Mm. struggling during the pandemic because of the inability to get around and and just because it's really hard for people, really. But um, those are successes. The VVF program, the fistula program for the women in the palliative care right now and in Appalachia are are just, they're they're things that are, are going going well and i could say and this is a wonderful thing to say is because i just heard it Mm -hmm. we have nine women who are going to join us as postulants in west africa and five who are joining in east africa this year so that's like 14 new people who are considering giving their life to god journeying with us so that's kind of nice really that's very good news isn't it yeah (laughs) yes absolutely i think the stories you just shared i think one of the things I'm sure, and, and given that you are a smaller community as we well, mm-hmm. is the sustainability of this uh, work that you do. Because it's one thing to say, well, while we're here, we've got these skills, we have access to this funding, we're going to do this good work. And then when we leave, what's going to happen? You know, we can't be here forever or, you know, sisters age and things change. And so um, to really be thinking that way, um, I think... Like you said, that, that at least one of the projects had been passed on to. Um, yeah, many of them are, are have been passed on, and we are in the process of passing over a few others. Yeah. Um, and you're you're right; it's that success. is a big issue to do it well. Right. <laughs> to do well, yeah. it well. And to say, you know, I think that one of the the sayings about missionaries is, "You go where you're needed, but not wanted, and then eventually, when you're wanted and not needed, you move on." You know, you're that, supposed to move on. Yeah, it's, yeah. Sometimes it works that way. Sometimes you stay for quite a while. It's, it's so different. You know, life but, is complicated, oh, but... Oh, Megan, isn't uh, it? <laughs> but it wouldn't be near as much fun if it wasn't as complicated. It's true. It keeps you guessing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, even when you said that the palliative care is home care, I mean, you also are really working with 
the community and what expectations there are, what what needs, what and, and even like you said, the care for women that um, that uh, in certain places. Um, Anyway, expectations are different. Let's just say. I mean, I don't want to, yeah. but it, and and sometimes it might feel like a you know terrible injustice, and and we need to correct this. But you're working with a community, you're working in a culture, in a place where you know you have to, like you said, take time. That even the water um, issue that that you work with the you community work to say with the community, yeah, what, yeah. What do we all agree is the right thing to do in this situation? Yeah. Everybody has their um, input. Um, and it becomes, it can be a slower process, but it's, I think, has a longer impact. Mm-hmm. Um, it is community. slower. It is slower. It requires patience. Yeah. 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 But, but in the end, anything worth doing is worth giving the time to, isn't it, really? Right. Yeah. yeah. Doing yeah. it right. All right. Well, yeah. if you can believe it, it's time for our last break. <laughs> I feel like we just get started. <laughs> <laughs> There's too okay. much to discuss. I know. Yeah. But, um, so Alrighty. we're going to take a break, but we'll be right back okay, to continue honey. our discussion. Okay. Stay tuned. I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination, and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective, and the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. 
we invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. The effort to get vaccinated, why the church is helping to spread the word. We'll go inside the classroom as a national study shows how Chicago's Catholic schools are keeping students on track during the pandemic. And too many people are going hungry. We'll visit a food pantry where Catholics are working to meet that need. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Meal, coordinator for the mission office, and I have with me Sister Joanne Birrell of the Medical Missionaries of Mary. We've been talking about the holistic healing ministries of the sisters around the world. And um, now with our, our last segment here, I'd like us to just reflect on uh, what this past year has taught us. Um, and, I, and my hope for the whole show was that in, in Sister Birrell sharing these stories and and, and works that the sisters are involved in, that it would help us here in, in the U.S. reflect on our interconnectedness with the world, uh, especially as we can see it through the pandemic, but, um, but also how we can think about holistic healing here at home. So, uh, Sister Birrell, how have you seen this global pandemic? You mentioned it as a challenge <laughs> uh, over and over in the work that your sisters are doing, but how has the global pandemic changed the members of your congregation and the communities in which they minister? Um, it's been tough. There's no doubt about that. It's been tough because of violence, hunger, all the effects of it have been really tough, hard for people to live with. Um, I would say um, how it's changed us is we're looking deeper to find meaning. Um, I would say, and I would know that there's um, an effort to be kind, understanding, um, and I would and I would say and have experienced that people are are admitting more their own vulnerability and fear, especially when and there's a number of places where we are where there's a great deal of violence because of the pandemic. Um, and it's not comfortable. It's scary, and people are more admitting their fear and, and um, it, it just simply is not easy. Um, <clears throat> The other thing is the practical side of it is the the lessons we're learning about Zooming and communicating with one another and doing it in ways we hadn't done before. And the connections we're having, we're actually having more connections with East and West Africa and all of that than we would have before because we're watching each other on Zoom and chatting and trying to do that. So that that part is good. Um, So I I don't know whether it's changed us. I think it's made us go deeper and slower. Yeah, yeah, deeper I mean, and slower. In other words, what is God saying to us through all of this? Because it's never going to go back to being the same. True. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is one and of those moments. And we're not there yet. No, <laughs> right. 
we I think a hundred years from now we've been talking about the Spanish flu and everyone's like oh I didn't think about that one before yeah. but we a hundred years later we're starting to think about that more deeply yeah. that it will take a lot of time um, for us to yeah. really see how this pandemic is changing us but yeah. I, I, I I would agree with you just from my own experience here in the U.S. that um, you know, some people lash out uh, when they're afraid, and I, I mean, I, that's a natural reaction um, anybody mm-hmm, might have. Um, but at the same time, I think a lot of people, it has made them more empathetic because we're all in this, you know, yes. we're all struggling. Mm-hmm. We've all given something up. And I admit there are people, some who give more, mm-hmm. you know, and some who have suffered more because of this pandemic. And so we're more aware of that, I think, as a result. Yeah. Um, and globally, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> I think we we sometimes still are not aware because I think this pandemic has turned us inward to a certain extent that we aren't looking out. Um, but in a way, this is a thing that we're all experiencing um, that, that really can can be a connector to us um, more than ever. And, and you mentioned communications. I have been really surprised and amazed, I guess when you're forced into it, you know, that we're able to connect with missionaries overseas in a way mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. Uh, in more ways than we ever have before. And it's kind of, it's just because we're learning how to use these technologies. You exactly. Gotta do it. exactly. <laughs> you got to do it to get by these days. Yeah. And so now it's, it's becoming, it's making the job a little easier for us here in the mission office. Um, but before we, we run out of time, we just have a few more minutes. Um, what are some of the lessons about holistic healing that you and your sisters, the medical missionaries of Mary, could share with us here in the U.S. Um, that would help us endure these these last months? Uh, to be really honest with you, Megan, it's such a good question, hon, and there are so many people here in the U.S. that are, are really helping all of us to, to mm-hmm. make good decisions about it. Mm-hmm. One of the things for me, as an MMM, as an MMM sister and out of my own experience, is just to be conscious of the mind, body, spirit connection and to be conscious that your body feels what's going on too just to be respectful of your own person you know don't give yourself a hard time if you lash out as you said just say okay take time to just respect yourself in this you know to be mindful of your of your own connection i i really take time to breathe i really mean that just to take in a breath and say this too shall pass I am part of God's universal story, yeah. something that puts the perspective, that part, that, that, and a sense of humor. <laughs> right. I tell you, we laugh, we just try to find joy. And uh, another thing that I, I find, and I know that our sisters find this too, and we talked about this before, yeah. is pick something in nature and watch it grow. Mm-hmm. Just pick some. I watch, I live near Market Park. Mm-hmm. I watch the trees bud, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's just something about the ongoing evolutionary change of seasons that puts you in the perspective of this is a story that has happened before, will happen again. It 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 helps. Yeah, it yeah. helps. And the kind of the other thing for me, and I I, I I say things what I've talked about with my sisters that we're doing is kindness. Mm-hmm. Seeking moments of kindness, yeah. you know, um, I do it with a lot of the homeless people around here that I may have not just taken time to stop and talk, mm-hmm. you know. And an, another thing, and you've brought this up before, is because you're home, Google about another country. Take another country on as your pen pal just to get interested. Yeah. How are they going through this? Right. A country you don't know about. 
Right. You know, you might take a country like Honduras. I mean, I, I hear the stories every day, and they make me so humble because I say, oh, Joanne, you can't complain, really, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just, That's anyway, right. it's just, it's all about meaning-making, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, you know, the depth of meaning-making in the experience, really, the hardness and the joy and the positive as well as the negative. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to use the word hope, too, because I think, like yes. you said, it, especially when you mentioned watch something grow, yes. because I think it, it gives you something to anticipate. You're, this is a, a process, and you're seeing the changes um, as as progression, and that, that you anticipate the, the flowering or the budding or whatever the case um, and it gives you a feeling of um, time passing, of things changing, you know, because I think when we're stuck at home, as we have been, mm-hmm. many of us, um, time has been very weird. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, or it's the cycle of life that right. you feel more in tune with. This is the cycle of life. Right. And that there's yeah. something good is coming, that, that, that it, will, it takes a little bit of time. Um, you mentioned learning about other countries. Well, you may as well also consider learning about the medical missionaries of Mary. So I'd yeah. like to uh, in, in, invite everyone um, to go to their website, which is www.mmmworldwide.org to learn about the medical missionaries of Mary, hence the three M's, um, and see there's, there's a number of newsletters in there, updates about things that are going on, sisters, projects, um, uh, and what else could they find on that website, Sister Joanne? Um, there's some recent things about uh, COVID, there, and, and there's the reports. You go in, you can find something about each country. Yeah. Where yeah, the you can just go into each country and find what's going on and... Yeah. Some of the things I love to read are the obituaries of some of the sisters. Oh, right. Many, yeah, many it's years just of such service. a beautiful thing to think that we are part, you know, we are part of who's gone before us and a part of who will come after us, you know. So right. it's 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 kind of lovely, really, you know. That's one thing, too, that's there. Well, yeah. And those stories, to me, um, I always feel like, you know, just to see that dedication um, of a sister's life uh, many, many years and, and going wherever God called them. Yeah. Um, is uh, is a really um, hopeful, a beautiful thing, an example for all of us. De- yeah, dedicate. So. Well, I don't. Yeah, it it is. Yeah, it is. Of course, but for me, it's about the faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, for all of us, we're you know people of faith. It's, you spend your whole life trying to be faithful to who you are, isn't it? And I read some of those stories, and I think, oh my God, they were so faithful. You know, yeah. really. Anyway, it inspires me. It keeps me going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, listeners. Um, We've got some wonderful advice from Sister Burrell today about how we can get through this pandemic and take care of each other. So thank you so much for joining us, Sister Burrell. Thank you, Megan. You're very welcome. May the wisdom and hard work of the medical missionaries of Mary be an example to all of us. I'll remind our listeners again, if you'd like to learn more about the medical missionaries, go to www.mmmworldwide.org. And you can also look for them on Facebook and Twitter, too. Don't forget to tune in next month for more Mission Matters Live. Thank you for listening, and remember, always be on mission. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago 
on social media.